what I want to talk to you about today is communing with God. And what communing with God pretty much is, well, I'm going to say that towards the end. But one of the, the main reasons why God wanted me to talk about that was because communing, oh, I'm actually start with hearing. Hearing is just about communication. That's why uh, we talk, so I can hear you, you hear me. And when you're talking to each other, what you're trying to do is get to know the other person better. You're trying to know their hearts, all their information they're trying to give you. That is the purpose. But when you're communing with God, what you're trying to, or with anybody, you're trying to go a level deeper. That's why we're going to do communion first and then proceed to uh, hearing God's voice. And the purpose of communion with God is this. It's actually very simple. At the end of the day, if you look at the life of Jesus and what made him successful was that he was always in communion with God. He was always in a state of hearing his voice and obeying his voice. He, he knew who he was, and as we go on, you'll see what I'm talking about. He knew who he was, and he knew why he was here. And that gave him the boldness. And my favorite section of verse, actually, is in, uh, I forget where it's in the book, but it's in the Bible where Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He prayed, what? John 11. Jesus prays this. I'm not praying for you so that you can heal him, but I'm praying so that the people around me can know that you sent me. Something to that effect, not word for word. But he, he knew the Father heard him. And he, that gave him the boldness and the confidence to proclaim his word, heal the sick, and do whatever it is that he told him to do. So, with that little intro, let us go to Genesis. Because for me, when I, whenever I, we talk about how we're supposed to live life, I always go to either the Garden of Eden or look at Jesus. Because in the Garden of Eden, before the fall, we see how God intended things to be. And Jesus, obviously, he, he walked where we're supposed to walk, or, or how we're supposed to walk, I should say. But in Genesis 2, you don't have to, yeah, since you're there, I might as well read it. Genesis 2.19. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he, he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. And what I want you to see there, God will bring the animals to Adam. Adam will name them. And you see a partnership there. God knew what he gave him. Adam knew what God gave him. And that enabled him to name the animals. So that's just what I want you to see. Now, we're going to... We're going to camp in this other verse in John 15. And somebody else actually read this one. Uh, we don't need a mic. John 15, 9 to 17. For the new people, what we do, I, don't, I read my favorite verses, and I'll let you read the other verses. Uh, John 15, 9 to 17. You got it? Yeah, the verse I want us to focus on is verse 15. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And that's what you see in the little verse we read in Genesis. Just throw it. Thanks. Uh, that's what, uh, as I was saying, before the water. <laughs> that's what you see in, the, in, in Genesis right here. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Adam was not a servant. They were working. It was a partnership. A servant does not know what the master does, meaning a servant works in the field. The master is sitting down at his home. 
when the suffering is done, he comes to the master, master sends him out. But in Adam's life and Jesus, it was a partnership. They both worked together. And that's, well, that's one of the things I want you to see in there. Just so we're going to keep referring back to that verse, I mean, that John 15. So you put your finger or something there so that you don't lose it. But now somebody else read Matthew 11, verse 11. And then somebody else go to Matthew 13, 16 to 17. This is what I want you to see there. In Matthew 11, Jesus tells John the Baptist, you're the greatest. After, before you, there was nobody greater than you. And then, in the, in the same verse, he's, but he's the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, everybody pre-John, everybody pre-Jesus, honestly, they were not born again. And that's the only way, as we know from John chapter 3, I think it's John chapter 3, he was talking to Nicodemus, the only way to get into the kingdom of heaven is by being born again. Obviously, pre-Jesus, nobody was born again. That's why John, he was the greatest because he had the Holy Spirit to be with him. Not in him, but with him. And that's another whole, a whole other thing. But if we, we are in the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, that's why I want you to see Matthew 13. All of us and the disciples, they got to see Jesus and they got to hear Jesus reveal to them the kingdom. Pre-Jesus, nobody knew. It was a mystery, and that's what Paul talks about. It's the mysteries of the gospel. But we get to enjoy it every single day. But because we are no longer friends, we are... Oh, we're no longer servants. We are friends. There we go. <laughs> so you're paying attention. That's good. <laughs> check, check, check. Everybody's doing good. But because we are friends, we get to know the mysteries of the gospel. We get to know because pre... This is one of the biggest mysteries that we know now. How can God dwell with man? And that's why I forget where in, uh, in the Bible it says, if they knew they would not have killed Jesus, if they knew that his death would have brought Holy Spirit to become one with us, the enemy would not have done that because that is a mystery that nobody knew that God and man could be one.